Welcome to How to Train Your Service Dog with Dream Dogs. I'm your host, Victoria Warfel. Today, I want to talk with you about our public access test. Now, this is our public access test. So we took it from a few different sources, uh, parts of it that we liked, uh, the design that we liked for the test, along with things that we thought were needed. Uh, we also recommend having your dog have his AKC Canine Good Citizen, so part of that is in there as well, but not really, okay? Now, we do recommend having this done, and we do it if you're one of our clients. If you live close, we can do it as well. If you don't live close, if you are out of the Central Florida area and we're not planning on traveling to visit you for a while, uh, we do recommend reaching out and finding a professional trainer who can do this. Uh, we recommend the professional trainer at least be a Canine Good Citizen Evaluator, a certified dog trainer, you know, like anyone seems to be a certified dog trainer anymore, um, but that doesn't mean they know what they're doing. So hopefully you have a trainer that you're working with locally. Um, if not, like I said, reach out on the AKC site, look for a Canine Good Citizen Evaluator and contact them to see if they will help you do a public access test. Then you're going to have to find one online and give it to them, send it to them and see if they will just walk you through. Yes, no, pass, fail. Uh, we also recommend bringing a third person to record it on your phone or your camcorder. Most people have phones nowadays with video recording capabilities. So we recommend having your friend record you, well, record you and your dog mostly during the public access test. Now we've done them at Walmart, we've done them at Publix, which is a grocery store. Um, we've done them at Disney World. Uh, we've done them at the mall. Hmm, trying to think where else, Target, you know, but those are usually the type of places that we look to do the public access test at. So if your friend records it on your phone, you can, if she gets it or he gets it all in one, like just record that whole thing and upload it onto YouTube. If your friend gets pieces of it, you know, gets like this part of it and then this part of it, use iMovie or whatever editing software you want to turn it into one video. You can put a little title on it. You could put down each piece of the test if you want to, but upload that onto YouTube. Uh, even if you don't have a YouTube account, make a YouTube account. Um, even if you don't want to share it with the world, keep it private. You can do that. You can keep something private so no one else can find it, or you can do it where you can share it with select people. But put it up on YouTube do not leave it just on your phone because your phone can get damaged, your phone can get lost, and then you lost that information and you do not want to lose this information. So upload it onto YouTube, keep it private, and then load it onto your computer and save it onto a USB drive or what else they call memory stick or thumb drive or zip, not a zip drive, that's something different. But you know, get a memory stick, a USB drive, save it onto there, and then put the stick in an envelope in your training binder. And then you have it. Label it public access test and the date. And that your dog passed, hopefully, or failed on what you need to keep working on. But have that in your training binder on the memory stick. Have it on YouTube where you can find it. And have it on your phone. And then keep a version of it on your computer as well. And then you are covered. And you have proof that your dog passed the public access test. Now, what we do is uh, we, as we're doing it, we walk it through step by step. So I'm going to explain to you how we do it, tell you what our part of it is um, and the purpose of it. So the purpose of the public access test is to ensure that the dogs that have public access are stable, well-behaved, and unobtrusive to the public, uh, that you have control over your dog, 
and that your team is not a public hazard. This is not the skills or task training part of the test, but is an addition to it. Okay, so you still need to have your task training done. Um, we like demonstration of tasks for your training binder. Again, you can record those and put them up on YouTube and keep them private if you'd like to. Um, but proof that your dog knows his tasks. And you still have to have a disability that your dog has been task trained to mitigate. So those are all needed. Public access test, task, and disability to have a service dog. Just because your dog passes the public access test, if the other two are not met, your dog is not a service dog. Okay? So we do have an automatic elimination for dogs who show any aggressive displays, growling, biting, nipping, raising hackles, showing teeth, lunging, any dog that potties in the building, or any dog that shows uncontrollable behavior. And then equipment-wise, we are very flexible. We have people write down what they're using equipment-wise because everybody's different. Okay? So here we go. You ready to hear what it is? First, we meet with the people out in the parking lot. Uh, we want the dog to have a controlled unload out of the vehicle. So we want to make sure the dog waits in the vehicle until released. So this is how we would do it is saying, you know, this is the first part of the test. The dog waited in the video, waited in the vehicle until released. So the person gets out of the car, the dog waits in the vehicle, they get the dog's gear on if need to. They step back, the dog waits, they call the dog through the vehicle out, and the dog comes out. So yes or no, did the dog wait in the vehicle until released? Yes, hopefully. The dog waited outside the vehicle under control. So what happened when the dog got out of the vehicle? Did he take off running? Did he sniff everywhere? Did he jump up on people? You know, what, what did he do? Did the dog wait outside the vehicle under control? And then three, the dog remained under control while another dog walked past, ignoring the other dog. So you want both dogs to ignore each other. And this is usually where I bring one of my service dogs or service dogs in training because they know what to do. They've done this. <laughs> They're fantastic. They're experts at it. The second step is approaching the building. So we want the dog to stay in a relative heel position, be calm and relaxed around traffic. The dog stopped when the individual came to a stop. It doesn't mean that they sat. It just means that they stopped. And the dog didn't attempt to potty unless specifically told to do so. So we always tell people, you know, potty before you go head in, just to make sure. Now, the third step is entry through a doorway. So you want them to enter in a controlled manner. Uh, sometimes it's automatic doors. Sometimes it's push open doors. Sometimes it's push a button and it opens doors. Sometimes it is the turnstile doors. So you want to make sure that your dog does good. And did the dog wander off or solicit attention from the public? You don't want that. The dog did not do that. The dog walked calmly and did not pull or strain against the leash or try to push its way past the individual. Like just basic, like you want your dog to pay attention to you and not try to go over and say hi to everybody. Uh, the fourth step is healing through the building. So we want to make sure the dog stays within touching distance of the individual, um, that the dog walk calmly and did not pull or strain against the leash or try to push its way past the person. We want to make sure the dog readily adjusts to speed changes. So if you're walking slow, medium, or fast, uh, that the dog readily turned corners and maneuvered through tight quarters, because there are two different things there, guys. Through, turn corners with you, and if something, you know, maybe the aisle gets narrow. How does the dog do? Uh, the dog ignored the food and the merchandise and remained focused on the handler. The dog traveled through a crowd without interacting with the public. The dog did not brush against or topple any merchandise. 
The dog was not bothered by carts, strollers, or distractions. We actually just did one and they had um, the floor cleaner come by. So we're like, let's use that as a distraction. And we went over and the dogs did great. Uh, when someone came up to question the dog, the individual remained calm and presented correct information. So if this doesn't happen while we're out, I'll take a few steps away and I'll come back and I'll say, hey, why do you have a dog in here? <laughs> you know, and just see what they say because by then they know me. Uh, the fifth step is a six-foot recall on leash. So we want the dog to respond readily, not wander away, not, yeah, I'll do it later. We want the dog to remain under control and focused on the person. And we want the dog to come to the person so close that the person can touch the dog. We don't want the dog going over here to sniff or going over there to explore. And remember, if the dog potties, then it's gone. Test is over. Dog's eliminated from it because the dog eliminated. <laughs> Number six is actually a multi-part one. It is sits on command. Sits not because I'm trying to speak in German, but because it's multiple sit. So we want the dog to respond promptly, no more than two commands, no extraordinary gestures. You know, we don't want to be flinging arms and making dramatical things to get the dog to sit. So the first one is with food on the ground. Uh, we want the dog to sit and ignore the food and remain calm and focused on the individual. Okay, we don't want the dog to eat or sniff the food. You can tell them leave it if you need to. Um, sit number two, um, someone's going to come by with a shopping cart. Maybe it's your assistant, maybe it's your friend, maybe it's the person given the eval uh, within three feet and continue past. So we just want a shopping cart to go past, not right beside, not side swipe the dog, but within three feet. And we want the dog to sit and ignore the cart, remain under control and focused on the individual. And then the third sit is the person walks up to the team and talks to the team and then pets the dog. Yeah, because they're going to stink pets anyway, and so we want this to be part of the test. And this is one where we've had problems in the past getting people out in public to just pet the dog. We were doing it with one of the dogs, and uh, someone was asking us questions, and we said, well, would you like to help us, you know, train the dog? And he's like, no. We're like, oh, all you had to do was pet the dog. And his wife was there and kind of hit him on the, on the arm, and it's like, work with them. So, you know, you're going to get people and, you know, if we didn't want anyone to pet them, like everyone would have wanted to pet them. So person walks up, talks to the person and then pets the dog. So we want the dog to sit when the person walks up, to hold the sit and not break the stay to solicit attention and under control and focused. So we want all of those to happen. Okay. Step number seven is downs on command because again, no more than two commands and no extraordinary gestures. Okay. No jazz hands here, guys. So your down one is going to be with the food on the floor. So you can drop, have the dog down and then drop the food. Does the dog down quickly? Does the dog ignore the food? So this is a good one that we do when we're out at the restaurant. We'll do this one there and the sit one there. Um, it's, it's fun to do. Yeah. Uh, down number two, an adult and child should approach the dog and walk by. They do not have to greet the dog, um, but we want them to be around kids and we want the dog to down. How did the dog do? Did the dog down? Did the dog hold it while they walked by? Yeah, that's what we want to see. And so if you're seeing kids coming, have your dog down and see what your dog does. And down number three is down in either the evaluator or the friend or an assistant or the, you know, maybe even the person themselves, but I'd like someone else to do it, is going to step over the dog. We want to make sure the dog stays down, doesn't startle, holds that position, remained under control and focused on the individual. So that one, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, 
but it can happen, so we wanted to test it to make sure. Number eight is noise distractions. So you drop a clipboard to the ground. If the dog has a quick startle type, jumps, turns, looks, it can be fine, but we don't wanna see fear, aggression, or panic. We don't want the dog to still freak out about it a few minutes later. We want them to remain composed during the noise distraction. We wanna make sure we do a restaurant. And not just because Rich loves to eat out with the clients, but because it's food and it's people and people bond over food all the time. So we love going out and doing restaurant training with the dogs. It's huge for them. So we want the dog to stay under the table or beside the individual, unobtrusive and out of the way of both patrons and employees as much as possible. Uh, we want the dog to either sit or down. And while the dog can shift a little bit for comfort, we don't want the dog up and down, up and down, up and down. And we want the dog to ignore food or crumbs on the floor. And again, this is usually where we do that sit and that down with the food. So we're not like throwing chicken wings onto the floor at the grocery store. Don't do that. That was a joke. Um, public bathroom. The dog did not cause a disturbance in the bathroom. In this one, I do take their word for it. I don't always go into the bathroom with the people. Sometimes I do. But we, we talk about um, at that point, if we haven't talked about it yet, do they use the handicap stalls, the bigger stalls? Do they use the smaller stalls? Can they use the smaller stalls? Because I want every dog, even the ginormous dogs, to be able to use the smaller stalls because sometimes either the bigger stall isn't available or there is no bigger stall. And we've actually had one where Arrow had to, to down with his little front legs and his little head in the stall because there was no room. And usually I can squeeze him in there, but there was no way with this bathroom. Okay. Number 11 is a bonus and it's an elevator ride. And again, this is one where I'll take their word for it if we don't have an elevator around. The dog entered, rode the elevator without fear and exited appropriately. So for service dogs, we do like them to have been on an elevator before. I'm going to do training and to get on an elevator because it can be a little bit weird for them at first. You know, like they go into a room and then they're in a different room and it moved and it was weird. Number 12 is off lead. So when told to drop the leash, you walk, 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 drop the leash, walk with your dog, and then you pick it up again because leashes can come undone. We want to make sure it's good. So we do want to have oh, probably at least six feet where you're walking your dog and your dog knows that you have the leash dropped. Okay. Number 13, dog is taken by another person. So this is usually they'll hand the leash to the evaluator, move 20 feet away, and then come back. We want no aggression, no undue stress on the part of the dog. We don't want pooling. The dog doesn't have to hold a sit, stay, or a down stay, but no pooling whatsoever. Um, and he can watch the owner the whole time. I mean, mine do that. They'll keep an eye on me even if Rich has them. Um, but we want to make sure it's all good. Number 14, controlled exit. So this is when we exit the parking lot. We walk to the vehicle. Again, we want the dog to stay in relative heel position, calm and relaxed around traffic, not freaking out, not, I heard air brakes and I'm going to wig out. Mm -mm, nope. The dog stopped whenever the person came to a stop. Doesn't mean they have to sit, just stop. And didn't attempt to eliminate unless specifically told to do so. And then controlled load into the vehicle. So you open up, your dog waits outside under control, your dog enters the vehicle when told to do so. Then you, if you unvest there, you can do that. And then 16, what we look at is the dog did well, the person praised the dog. The dog is relaxed, confident, and friendly. The dog's under control. And the person had the proper work materials, um, which 
say booties, leash, collars, vests, jackets, harnesses, and equipment in case of access confrontation, the laws, like I keep a short key on my phone so I can pull up the laws, I can pull up the ADA um, stuff. I have the service dog book that I keep in the car. I don't keep it on me, I keep it in the car. Um, we have potty bags in case of accident. We have paper towels. We have wipes. We have everything just in case because we do work with the service puppies quite a bit. Now we do say the team has to score at least 80% yes. I think I'm going to change that because the team should score 100% yes. You know, everything should be good on that one. Um, and that, like I said, that's ours. Yours might differ. Yours should differ because this is ours. Uh, but I wanted to share with you our public access test so you could understand what goes into it. Uh, usually it's more than one visit to get it all done. Usually we need to do the outing and the restaurant. So sometimes we'll do that bang, bang, right on top of each other. Sometimes we'll have already done a restaurant outing, so we don't need to do another one. We can just go ahead and, and do the public outing. Um, but like I said, Rich does like to do them both multiple times you know, for a training and for, for a reward for us and for the dog after a job well done. I want to thank you for tuning into this episode of How to Train Your Service Dog with Dream Dogs. Again, I'm Victoria Warfel with Dream Dogs, and our website is dreamk9.com. That's D-R-E-A-M, the letter K and the number 9.com. And we do have our exclusive service dog training program where we work with owner trainers, helping you to get your dog ready to be your service dog. And we help you with everything from choosing a candidate to basic advanced and off-leash training, public access training, service dog skills, service dog tasks, marker training, evaluations, and more. Uh, we do have a Facebook community called How to Train Your Service Dog, and I hope you find that and join us there. I also hope to hear from you. If this was a good podcast and you think a friend would benefit from it, please share it with that friend. Share it in a group if you'd like to. Um, and let me know what you thought of the podcast. Contact me directly. Again, it's dreamk9.com or go into the How to Train Your Service Dog group and message me. It's Victoria Warfel. Uh, let me know what you thought of it, uh, what you'd like to hear in the future as well. I hope you have a great day.